Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Throws in the end zone. It's a trifecta for Stephon Diggs. Can you Josh Allen, four touchdown passes, and a touchdown run. He's a dog. He's a quarterback that you want to play with. He's a quarterback that gives you that energy, gives you that belief. I thought it was just a culmination of everyone doing their job. I still think we have more, uh, but we left a lot out there. Who's your daddy? And now the entire team's going to come out and huddle around Tredavious. This is a very sad sight as the card's now coming out on the field. This isn't good at all. You know, he personifies what it is to be a Buffalo Bill. Mike Danger. You're not going to be able to contain all of the big plays of the Bills, and that would be a shock if we came back here on Monday and said, wow, the Bills defense really, really shut that offense down. Gene Bataglia. Did you ever know you're my hero? Oh, wow. Wow. Hero. And the Bills are in first place in the AFC East with a 48-20 victory. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan. Rochester. Some highlights on Victory Monday where Josh Allen was a man on a mission. Started the game 10 of 10, 21 of 25 for 320 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also ran for 17 yards and a score, five touchdowns on the day. The Fan Rochester's Man on a Mission brought to you by the Open Door Mission. Go to opendoormission.com to see how you can guarantee a win for someone today. Yeah, I mean, if you take away that first week, I mean, who, who, name me a quarterback that's played better the last three weeks than Josh Allen. He'll be AFC defense uh, Offensive Player of the Week again this week, right? Is there anybody standing in his way? How about 14? Oh, Diggs? Three touchdowns? Sure. Yeah, like, what do you get? Maybe you give Cole, uh, you know, offensive players of the week. I, like, Josh Allen has been spectacular the last three weeks. Now, I agree with Mike Catalana. Maybe the week one loss, that was the turning point. Like, it's a wake-up call. This is, yeah, and, and it's okay to run the ball and set up other things. It, yesterday, I really thought danger. It was going to be one of these games where, oh my gosh, remember that Rams Chiefs game on Monday Night Football? Nobody could stop anybody. Yeah, I'm like, all right, it's going to be sixty three fifty six. Who gets the ball last will win. And then something funny happened. The Bills kept doing it, and the Bills defense figured out Tua. Yeah, and they forced Tua to a second read. And yeah, some great adjustments by Sean McDermott over the course of the afternoon. I mean, there are things that you see when you're at the game, as I was yesterday. And Gene, you probably recognize this when you're at any any home game. But you don't see it always on TV. Like there was a moment in that first half where I I was watching Sean McDermott on the Bills sideline, and he was isolated. There was nobody around him, and he was just looking through page after page after page, picture picture picture. He was he was studying right there and looking at alignments and looking at schemes and and really like you could tell he was he was in a zone 
yesterday as a coach in a zone, dialing up the right thing at the right time to make sure you know they were going to confuse Tua. And, and if it was going to be one of those situations where, hey, uh, we might not be able to stop each other, but I bet you you're going to make a mistake before we make a mistake. Offensively, you'll make a mistake before we make a mistake defensively. Part of it, too, is Tua hanging on the ball, taking a few That's sacks, right. not knowing where to go. And so, yes, uh, Sean McDermott's coaching. Look, we've been critical of McDermott at points on this show. Uh, but yesterday, name me a coach in the league that had a better day than Sean McDermott. Yeah, big day for Sean McDermott. I'm going to sure. give you, like, one, as and I'll drink to that, some takes here. One coach that honestly had a really bad day. And their team was in it here. This coach should retire his nickname. We can no longer call Ron Rivera Riverboat Ron. Did you see the end of this game? Ron Rivera is our beaten down coach. Exciting finish. Whenever Washington and Philadelphia play, it's like, wait a second. Washington's going to give Philadelphia a game. They did. The commander's down by seven. They score a touchdown with a clock at zero. That's exciting. They don't go for two. They kick the extra point. Come on, Riverboat. That's your name. You're, you're, you're on the road. Go take, go steal the win right now. Ask why he didn't go for two. This is the part that kills me. He said his, he felt his offense was too tired. No. Oh, oh, the tired offense then was suddenly going to win it for you in overtime. What were you playing for the tie? I'm like, what, were they going to get more energy in overtime? Yeah. Like, I can't wait for Ron Rivera to be on the Bills coaching staff next year. You shut your mouth. You keep him off of this coaching staff, Gene. They're doing just fine without Riverboat Ron. They don't need Riverboat Ron. You've got Sean McDermott calling plays. He will be some special assistant to McDermott. You just keep know. him away from this team. Keep that loser energy away from this team. They've got something special happening right now. Rivera's gone, right? New owner. Let's clean house. That's bad. Yesterday. It's still early. It's still early. And I think through four weeks, I mean, if you said Washington two and two with essentially a rookie quarterback, eh, you were, that was uh that was a tough one yesterday. And I like how they bounce back be, being demoralized by the bills the, to take the NFC champs, to overtime, mm. I know it's a divisional opponent. Uh, I'm not going to call it yet for for Ron. Rivera. Well, you know, th- this could be a freezing cold take of mine because, well, the world will change Thursday night because Washington won't get right. Oh yes, yeah. Thank, thanks. Thur- for- Thursday night is uh, National Watch Baseball night. Because do we really want to watch Washington? Well, I, I, it's one of the uh, few instances I'll have to hate watch my team on national TV on a national broadcast. So you know I'm going to take advantage of that. And by the way, it's setting up perfectly for the Bears to have not just the top overall pick, but the top two overall picks come April. And don't worry, they'll find a way to screw it up. No, it, what, what's going to happen is. Because of NIL, Caleb Williams was like, you know what? No. You know what? No, I think I'm good. I'm going to stay here. That's right. That's right. That, w- that would be the, the kick of the Bo right? Nix will be like, you know what? I'd rather play my 15th year of college football <laughs> than get drafted by that organization. Oh, maybe we can go get Michael Penix. Nope. You know, I'm doing good over yeah. here, too. Uh, can we put to rest the Patriot way? Yes. Rest in peace to the Patriot way. I'm excited that we advanced at Survivor, Gene, by taking Dallas at home. I'm even more excited to see them hand Bill Belichick the worst loss of his career. He hasn't lost. That was magnificent. And during the Patriots dynasty, we heard so much about Belichick being this guru, this mastermind, the Patriot way. 
Well, based on his resume, he'll go down as the greatest, if not one of the greatest of all time. I do think you have to put an asterisk next to that title because yesterday's loss, it's a blemish on his legacy. Tom Brady made Belichick. Belichick has shown us now it's a big enough sample size. He can't do anything without the GOAT. Brady left. He still won. New England can't get it figured out with Belichick flying solo, and I can't get enough of it. Angry Bill Belichick. I'll always remember the throwing the phone on the sideline and watching. Like, that's the lasting image I have now of Bill Belichick, not the guy that's hoisting Lombardi trophies. Literally every team left on the Bills' schedule has more appeal than New England. The only two Sunday 1 o'clock games left for the Bills this season. Stay down, P-U. cheaters. P-U. Yeah. Um, and the, the one player I do like, I do have respect, Matthew Judon. He's hurt now, so that's kind of a bummer. That's only going to get worse. Um, if you go to a Bills game, danger. This happens to me. Like the four o'clock game, sometimes a little out of touch because you you hear about it, but you don't get to see the highlights. If you're a Bills fan, trust me, go look up the highlights if you want to call them that of Dallas and New England. Some of these plays. Just just fantastic. Mac Jones making a high school mistake. He's on the right hash. Throwing across throwing the field. Throwing across the field. Terrible. One of the funniest pick sixes you'll see. Field goal attempt coming up for Dallas. Wait a second. There's nobody covering the guy on the right. Just Mac, amazing. Touchdown. Yeah. Just amazing meltdowns by the New England Patriots. I'm all for it. Brad actually sent me uh, a message, direct message. I'm going to call it now. Bill O'Brien will be the head coach of the New England Patriots, and he will hire Brandon Staley as his defensive coordinator in 2024. Brad, our bold takes show happens before the start of the season. Yeah, I like that. I that, but I don't see them getting rid of Belichick. I think he stays. He's he's earned the 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 right. The the he's he's carte blanche. He could be there as long as he wants to it's be there. It's going to be sad because he's going to hang on for how long to get it with five, six, seven wins, so like three more years. Finally, he'll get the Don Shula. And because you won all those championships, Patriot fan, you can't say anything. That's right. This is the price you're going to pay. Just, who knows, maybe they lose enough games and they enter the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I don't know. Um, After the Bills score, I mean, you probably noticed this, but right now it's it's just kind of white noise to me. Did you ever notice those guys waving those big Bills flags? Those guys really needed, like, are they, they can't be getting paid, right? I'm Gene, and I don't like flags. No, it's like, what What are we doing with that? Like, like <laughs> I would have to think they're not, I, it was just one of those thoughts, like, are you paying these guys because you, yeah. get, a, you get a field level seat, uh-huh. and then all you have to do is run out there and wave a flag around after you score a touchdown? Yeah. If you were paid, name me an easier job, a funner job than being the flag waiver. I think you would take it. I think a lot of people would be interested in that. It's like there are guys that I know that like their dream gig is like, I want to be a, uh, I want to be a bat boy. I'm like, really? Yeah. I think that'd be great. It'd be so much fun. You just hang on the club. I'm like, okay. And I'm sure there are people out there like, you know, if I could just get on the field, if I could just get on the field, that's all I really want to do is just be on the field. Here, take this flag. Go out there, run when they score, wave it. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. All right, good. Here's uh, you know, here's payment in the form of tickets or payment in the form of minimum wage or right, whatever it is. Right. I would think the payment is like we're gonna let you watch from a really great vantage point, but imagine if you're getting like a hundred bucks on top of that. 
just to go out there and wave the flag around. I want to apply for that job. Easy enough, right? Easy. The, the job. biggest challenge is not spending your hundred bucks after the game on concessions or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That the idea that you have this. Uh, this money in your pocket, basically, for just doing nothing but f- waving a flag. Yeah, I would sign up for that. That is going to be my my task now. I want to find out do the flag wavers actually get paid? They have to in Buffalo. They have to. Nobody the, the works. Jills, no, nobody the, works for free. The Jills work for free, and look how that ended yeah, up. Well, that's that's why they're not around anymore. They decided we don't need to pay the Jills. We don't want to pay the Jills, so the Jills will cease to exist. I wonder if the drum line is paid. Do you think the drum line's paid because they do their side gigs? They're all kind of doing their own thing. Mm. Is that where the where do you draw the line on who's a team employee? Who gets paid? Who gets a taste? Who gets what? I mean. They're getting something. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They're getting something. I mean, if you're the drum line, you're getting really, really good seats, right? You're right, right up front in the end zone. You're you're there. You're playing the drums. You're doing the whole thing. Yeah, and, and I would think in terms of feedback, musicians love feedback. Like the fact that you're firing up a crowd there with everything, That's that's got to be a fun gig. There is one negative, though, for the flag. And the flag waivers have been around forever. <laughs> when the Mills get blown out. I remember that New Orleans game. Oh. Nate Peterman throws a touchdown. The stadium is like 20% full. Yeah, like, da, 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 da. yeah like pretending like, hey, this is really You have exciting. to do yeah. it because tradition is tradition, right? Yeah. You have to do it because you can't not do it. And, and so, like, is somebody really excited in that situation? Like, oh, well, hey, at least we scored. I mean, the only person that's excited at that point is the person who won a bet or won a fantasy football. All ah, right, Peterman threw a touchdown. Good thing I had a. Uh, I didn't start him. Never mind. Can't be excited about anything there. That was, uh, yeah, that was, I remember that game. And I do remember walking out of the stadium hearing the let's go Buffalo. So I'm like, oh, my Ooh. God. You can't be serious. All right. So it is. It's 4.15. Do we have a a bit of breaking news? Okay. Well, no. This is not uh, breaking news. This is uh, our friend Norm at St. John Fisher University informing me the flag waivers get paid. Of course. Gino, you can't run a company now and expect people to work for free. That doesn't happen. Okay. Name me an easier job than being the flag waiver. Hmm. You get paid for that? In that stadium, easier job than the flag waiver. I would have to think like, okay, you know what? You're going to pick up garbage after the game, but in between, though, you're going to wave the flag. All right. I would think maybe it's a this and you're doing this, but if you're just going out there, now I got to find out what how much they actually get paid. I would guess it's 100 bucks flat fee. Maybe it's minimum wage. It's at least minimum wage, yeah. and it's probably a little bit more, or it's minimum wage plus... X amount of tickets for family or friends or whatever it might be, right? Like you can't just give them, they can't work for free. Nobody works for free. Nobody should work for free. You can reach out to us uh, on Twitter's, uh, on Elon's Twitter, X, you know, X, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. I feel bad. John, Yacht Rock John, Captain Obvious from a yacht club uh, was was going back and forth with me all weekend. I'm going to be in this lot. We're going to be here. We're going to do, do the Hammers lot. We're going to go to the Pinto Ron tailgate, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I want to I want to meet up. But John uh, was there, had a great time. This great picture of John that he just sent us. Who's suffering from indigestion today? All I heard were the Dolphins talking about serving up 70 burgers. Go Bills. Flip at the fan Rochester. Is there a stud corner we could trade uh, we could trade for on a bad team along with some picks and Elam. I feel we have to find a corner as good as Trey is. 
who's good though? Like I'm, I'm just asking. And how do you fit them under this? If they're good, then you're, they're getting paid a lot. I'll give it corner. Getting paid ten million. You're not getting Stephon Gilmore out of uh, Dallas, but that's kind of Jonathan Jones, ten million in New England. I don't think what he's going to do. You want? I I know. I know what you're saying, Flip, and I know what Catalana said last hour, and you mentioned it as well. Brandon Bean is probably picking up the phone. He's probably fishing. He's probably asking a lot of questions and then reaching out to agents. But I think the idea that you're going to find somebody that you can just plug in right away to be the next Trey White is not. It's not attainable for what the Bills are doing. I feel like what they're doing and then what they continue to do is find guys, develop guys that they like and watch them kind of flourish. And even a guy is, is that's a late round draft pick like a Dane Jackson or or a, 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 a Christian Benford, those guys are seeing the field more than Kyrie Elam. Kyrie Elam is somebody you're expecting to step up now. Ingram is another guy that I think could get, you know, some run here, a practice squad guy. And then if you add anything at corner, it's probably that. It's probably somebody that you can plug into the practice squad and wait to have their opportunity. I'm going to stretch the boundaries here. Breaking news. If we can fire the sounder for breaking news here. Ow! Ow! It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Just a confirmation of what we knew. Bills head coach Sean McDermott has just confirmed it is a torn Achilles. Tredavious White is out for the season. Uh, McDermott saying uh, very difficult, very unfortunate. It's just a shame. Yeah. We kind of sensed it was something devastating based on his reaction, based on Trey White's reaction. He tried to get up, tried to give it a go, couldn't do it. It was very you know similar to how Aaron Rodgers dealt with his Achilles when he was injured, tried to get up, couldn't do it. Like you just realize, okay, something's wrong. And when you know something's wrong with your body, something that's not just a, a bump, a bruise, like it, it affects you. You emotionally are affected by it. And Trey White was emotional leaving that field because he knew like, not only is my season done, this might be it. The Achilles, it's, you know, it's like the, uh, what I've heard, it's like a Venetian blind when you tear it. It's just, there, there's no doubt in your mind what, what just happened. Um, that might not be the only injury. So if you notice yesterday, Christian Bedford, he took that big hit, but he yeah, came back. It's like a shoulder or something, Yeah, right? so um, McDermott's saying that Christian Bedford is day-to-day. But since he came back, I'm, I'm sure he'll be all right. So. Yeah. Uh, how effective was he when he came back? I mean, I, f- I feel like they were using him on special teams a little bit. I, I don't know if he's normally out there on special teams. But like when he came back initially, mm-hmm. it was Trey and Dane. And then I saw Benford on special teams when it was still Trey and Dane. And then eventually Benford got back out there after Trey. So, yeah, that's something to kind of pay attention to here through the course of the week in preparation for London. Yeah, and McDermott did not uh, commit to activating Kyrie Elam. So by, he's already on the active roster. What I mean is uh, making him a game day active. So, That's right. Yeah. You're going to want to see him show up in practice this week and make sure that he can do everything that you're going to ask him to do if you do indeed make him active for the first time this season, which is bizarre to say. But it's a great point by Catalan the last hour. Hey, look, he's had opportunity, I'm sure, to show up and show them that he's ready to play. But for whatever reason, they're not giving him a jersey on game day. Maybe this opportunity is one that Kyrie Elam cannot cannot squander if he wants his time in Buffalo to be success. It's been a rocky start. It's it hasn't shown up to you and me and a lot of Bills fans. Though. That's the thing. Like when you heard week one, wait, he's inactive. 
I, he did not beat out Benford. I would say he did not beat out Dane Jackson. But it wasn't like I looked at him camp in the preseason and said, ooh, there's a problem there. So something the coaches were kind of identifying. So just to me, I'm not going to wave my finger and say that ain't it. Maybe it's they're they're sending him just to make sure that his I just is- imagine that it's it's a difference in philosophy. You know, the kind of player he was versus the kind of player they want him to be. And it might be a little square peg round hole situation where it's like he can't, maybe he can't or isn't capable of being in this kind of defense, a defense where you need to be disciplined. You need to know where you need to be. Like we've heard that Elam is a great press corner. He's a good hands-on press corner. Not necessarily what you're looking for out of this defense. You need guys that are disciplined, that know where their zone is, know where they need to be, know where they need to line up, and know where all the pieces fall into place. Man, there's just so many plays where you see it and how it can affect even an offense like Miami yesterday. If you're not disciplined or you're not smart enough to know where you need to be, you're no good to us. I don't care how physical, how physically gifted you are. Sal Mayorana, the Democrat and Chronicle, going to join us next. We'll get his take on a victory Monday, and we'll look ahead to a trip to London up next for the Buffalo Bills to take on the Jags. Uh, that's on the way here in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Buffalo Bills cornerback Tredavious White is indeed out for the season. Head coach Sean McDermott telling reporters this hour that White has torn his Achilles. As for the win itself, 48-20 over the Miami Dolphins, the coach pleased to see guys like Josh Allen and Steph Diggs deliver. Big-time players have big-time games or in these type settings, right? So complimentary football is important. Like that's It's a team win, but your star players have to play at star levels in these games, uh, and that's a weekly thing, and those guys played at that level. Now it's a trip over to London to face Jacksonville. We'll talk to Sal Mayoran of Democrat and Chronicle joining us next year in the sports bar. Monday Night Football tonight has the Giants and the Seahawks. Baseball playoffs begin tomorrow, getting the buys in the American League, Baltimore and Houston in the National League. It's Atlanta and the Dodgers. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader, the fan Rochester. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. It breaks my heart. It really does. And um, I'm not sure the extent of it, um, but you never want to see your, your teammates on the on the floor pounding their fists. You know, it just it sucks. He's worked his ass off to get back to playing the way we know Trey playing football. And um, truly, it breaks my heart. Josh Allen postgame yesterday. Now we know the extent of that Trey White injury. It is a season-ending Achilles injury. We bring in Sal Mayorana, the Democratic Chronicle. Uh, with your instant reaction, Sal, that's that's a tough one to replace for this Bills defense. We had a feeling it was bad yesterday. We got confirmation on just how bad it was. Now, how are you, Sal? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm certainly better than Trey White. That was really uh, really unfortunate because he did you know, go through a lot with the, with the knee injury to rehab that and get back to playing. And McDermott, you know, said today actually that he was really starting to round into form and it was starting to look like the Trey white pre-injury. Cause that wasn't the case last year. He struggled uh, when he came back last year, but he was really starting to come around and he's such an important piece of that defense. So to have that happen yesterday, that was a gut punch for the bills. Um, you know, it, it kind of it kind of put a damper on what should have been a, a glorious day over there at One Bills Drive for sure. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that glorious day, but you know, follow up on all right. So now it's Dane Jackson and Kyrie Liam. Elam, you would assume is going to be active. Um, your thoughts on what Brandon Bean should do here? Do you expect him uh, to uh, go out there and, and see what might be available, or do you think there is enough here on the roster? Maybe you promoted Jamarcus Ingram from the practice squad, so. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they, I mean, they'll, they'll look um, in case there's a Hail Mary out there, but I, I would be very surprised if they're going to make a move outside the organization. Look, Kyrie Lam is a first-round pick, and he was outplayed by Benford and Jackson, and that's why he hasn't gotten a jersey these first four weeks, but He's there for a reason. You know, if an injury happens, he's the next man up. So I, I would assume that Jackson gets to start Sunday and then Elam's going to be the, the backup on, at both sides. And then Jamarcus Ingram is a possibility. He, um, you know, he did pretty well in training camp in preseason. I know they like him. They brought him back to the practice squad. So I guess he would be a possibility to be called up into Trey Watts or Trey White's roster spot. But right now it's, it's Jackson and Elam who have to hold the fort down because uh, I don't think anybody's going to be worth it uh, outside to bring in. Sal, what about Elam uh, in terms of the, the first quarter of the season here and him not getting on the field? I mean, we hear whispers that it's like, oh, he, he just can't play in this system or he's just not thriving in this system. You get a chance to, to talk to these guys and be around practice. I mean, wh- have your eyes seen anything? Have you heard anything as to why Elam can't get that jersey? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the Bills picked this guy with the intention that they thought they could coach him up and learn how to play in their zone-heavy scheme. He was a press man corner at Florida. He had great athleticism, great speed. They fell in love with that. And they, I think, honestly, they, they made the pick thinking that their coaching staff was going to be able to transform this guy into a you know, scheme-specific, heavy zone cornerback and it hasn't worked out he has not been able to make that adaptation 
Um, and I say that even though last year when he did get into games, it wasn't like he was a disaster. I mean, he played, he played okay. But I think from a consistent day-to-day basis in practice, he just doesn't show enough to the coaching staff. And that's why Benford and Jackson, you know, beat him out. So they've got to figure it out. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to blame him for being a first-round bust because he's not a bust. He was, if he had been drafted by many other teams, he's probably on the field playing on Sundays. But for this particular team, he was the wrong fit. And that can't, you know, people were saying, oh, he's a bust, get rid of him. No, it's not his fault. It's, it's kind of the Bills' fault for thinking that they could change the guy into what they actually needed. Tell me, Ron, a Democrat and Chronicle, our guest here. So as far as the defense, is there a coach in the league that had a better day yesterday than, than Sean McDermott, uh, you know, Sal? Like, what did he do against the Dolphins, the adjustments, in, in your opinion? Because, uh, my goodness, this seems like a much different uh, defense we're seeing in Buffalo uh, as opposed to the way things ended up last year. Yeah, there's no doubt that McDermott has called the defense a little bit more aggressively than Leslie Frazier did. And, you know, I mean, look, it's McDermott's defense. So even when Frazier was here, ultimately McDermott had the oversay, but he left it in Leslie's hands. And on game days, it was largely Leslie making the play calls. I've noticed in the first four games for sure that Sean has dialed up more pressure. And, of course, it also helps, too, that they went out and got some guys. I mean, Leonard Floyd is a very nice pickup uh, on the edge for them. Um, Rousseau is really rounded into form. Oliver's playing the best he's ever played in Buffalo. So they're getting good production, and they haven't even gotten Von Miller on the field. So it's been very impressive what the Bills have done up front. But, I, again, I like the way McDermott is being. And it's not like he's sending blitzes every play. They're not, they're not blitzing very much at all. He's dialing up pressure with really good schemes up front, and it's been a difference maker for the Bills' defense so far. Now, let's talk a little bit about the play of two guys that you mentioned because you want to talk about how, and we, we do it all the time, we, we laugh, oh, they're developing, they're going to develop a player. It's like, no, we want, it's an instant gratification society. We want players that are going to show up day one and be superstars, but the development of Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau, talk on that a little bit, Sal. It's been remarkable this season. Yeah, Oliver has been has been great. I mean, I was fully on board with letting him play out this season and having him test free agency, and they thought better of it and re-upped him for four more years. And I wasn't really on board with it, but this is the player that we all thought Ed Oliver should have been from day one as the number nine overall pick. He's been a difference maker. He's been dominant in the middle. He's getting pressure. He's making plays in the run game that ordinarily he hasn't made in the past. He's been a different player. He told us when he signed this contract, you know, he said, I'm going to prove all you wrong and I'm going to outplay this contract. And so far he's holding up to that. Russo, look, Russo has been, I think, a very good player for them for two years, even though he's young um, and he hasn't been a dynamic you know, sacker. He's gotten sacks, but he hasn't been like a guy you game plan for. Right now, he might start turning into that guy. He's he is a player that you really have to be wary of where he is because he's playing great on the edge. They've moved him inside a little bit, um, which helps because he's so tall. That created a problem. I know at least on one play yesterday. In fact, I think one of his sacks came when he was lined up inside. So that's something they can do with him to have that big body in the middle is really kind of a nice thing to have. So he's been a nice player for them. But, you know, their big decision is what are they going to do when Von Miller comes back, which probably won't be this week. But whenever he does, 
who's going to sit? I don't, I'm not sure who sits on that front line. Yeah, somebody, whoever sits is going to get uh, get rested there for sure. Um, got a tweet here, Sal. Didn't hear uh, Rapp's name a uh, ton yesterday. I assume that was a good thing. How was his performance? Uh, Taylor Rapp yesterday, I, I didn't notice him, make, but I, d- just the question here, because uh, certainly the Bills' defense overall was sound yesterday. Do you see them making a switch at some point here, uh, Taylor Rapp, uh, going uh, from Jordan Poyer over to Rapp? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think when Poyer is healthy again, he'll play. But this is exactly why they got Taylor Rapp. I mean, they were smart enough to realize that both of their safeties are coming off heavily injury-plagued seasons. Obviously, Hyde had the serious injury, and Poyer had like four different things go wrong last year. They're both getting older. They're 32 or 3, whatever it is. So they realize these guys are probably not making it through the season, and they got a you know a very good four-year starter in Taylor Rapp with the Rams. He was a good player for them. So it's a nice little luxury to have, and we've already seen the benefit with Poyer already getting hurt. So you know I think Rapp is going to play as long as Poyer is out. I think when Poyer comes back, he'll be the guy. But I like Taylor Rapp as a signing. I think he played all 65 snaps yesterday. I think he I think he gave up two receptions for. I don't know, 30 yards, it wasn't a big deal. Um, he played well. I mean, and the, the guy is right, whoever tweeted, not hearing his name is, is always a good thing for a DB. What about the play of Josh Allen? And, and you know, we don't bring you on, Sal, to, to tell us what a great game he had yesterday, but you are around these these guys. You're you're there at the press conferences. You're there after the game. You're, you're around them enough to see things that, that a lot of us can't see. And with Josh Allen, I'm curious, was week one and his performance against the Jets, was that a wake-up call for Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say, but I think it's true. I think he and the Bills maybe needed to lose that game. I mean, it's never good to lose any game. There's only 17 on the NFL, and especially a division game. But that one really did seem to strike them at the core. I mean, it, you know, I don't know if they needed a wake-up call in week one, um, but they, that one certainly got their attention and they have been, they've been the best team in the NFL since that day. I mean, obviously the 49ers are playing great. Um, you know, Dallas hit Dallas stubbed its toe last week against Arizona. Um, I think the bills have really, the last three weeks, the bills have been almost an unbeatable team. I mean, they've got, they've won the last three games by 90 points. I mean, you don't get much better than that. So losing that Jets game, hey, ultimately that might be something we look back on and say that was probably needed at the time to get these guys, you know, get these guys rolling because they've got a very tough schedule. Once they get through the first half of the year, they've got a brutal schedule to get through. So they need to stack as many wins as they can. So before we talk about the the London game, just what the atmosphere was like yesterday and I guess for Bills fans this is the price of being good uh you're not getting another one o'clock home game until New Year's Eve here that uh, everything else in the night or a uh, 425 so you've been covering this team going back to the 1980s and recency bias is real I get that but was that the loudest you've heard the Bills fan base in a game Sal? Yeah, honestly, I, I can't say that it was because I can't hear, guys. I, I'm in the press box. We are literally sealed in. Gene knows. You, you can't really hear the crowd. I mean, obviously, you see them going crazy, and you can hear a little bit, but I'm not out in the stadium, so I can't tell how loud it was. But there's no doubt it was a raucous crowd, and McDermott made mention of it. I mean, he says that occasionally, but I think he really meant it 
yesterday that that was as loud as it's ever been. I've been there for, you know, huge playoff games, AFC championship games back when there were 80,000 people as opposed to 70,000. So I'm sure it was louder back then. But yeah, recency bias, it was pretty damn loud yesterday. Sal, Jacksonville, for whatever reason, always seems to give the Bills trouble, and that's who they're facing off on Sunday. I mean, do you see anything in in the Bills' opponent uh, that might reverse this trend of the Bills struggling against Jacksonville, or or is this game going to be a little bit closer than I think a lot of people anticipate, knowing that the Bills have looked as good as they've looked the last three weeks here? It's funny you mention that, because I was right at the top of my newsletter for Friday, and I pointed out that they've only played these guys 18 times, you know, in their history. And Jacksonville has given them some of the worst losses they've ever suffered. I mean, really, it started the very first game they beat in Jim Kelly's last game. They beat him in a playoff game that nobody gave them a chance to win. And they did it. And then you go through the list of just ridiculous losses to Jacksonville, the, the home opener in oh. 2004. one of the worst losses imaginable the loss down there in 2021 the game in london when you know the bills rallied to go ahead and probably should have won if not for a bad pass interference penalty so yeah these jaguars have been a royal pain in the ass quite frankly to the to the bills through the years this is going to be a good game i mean jacksonville has gotten off to a they've kind of sputtered so far they haven't been the team that i think a lot of people thought they would everyone kind of had them running away with the AFC South and the whole division's two and two. So I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be ready for the bills. They've been over there in London. They've already played the game Sunday there. So that's a slight, slight advantage, but not as much as people think. Um, Trevor Lawrence is due to get going. So, you know, if the bills are down two starting DBs, maybe this is the day he gets it going. So it'll be a good test for the bills. You know, it's funny. All those games you mentioned, uh, you left off my favorite one. You hold a playoff opponent 10 points in the playoffs and somehow you lose. Oh yeah. my gosh. That, I mean, that, at least that, at least that game though, that Bills team really had no business being in the playoffs. I mean, they really did. They, they kind of lucked out by getting in on the Tyler best Andy Dalton miracle. And then Jacksonville was a pretty good team that year, but yeah, they, the Bills did play terrible too. So it was a pretty ugly game. Now, yeah. Sal, does your coverage take you to London this week? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be leaving. Um, I'm leaving Thursday, driving to New York, flying out of New York, and then get there Friday morning. What is that like over there, Sal? For all of us who cannot get over there, I just every time I watch it, it's like, are they really into it? They know? Do they know what's going on, or should we expect like, oh, there's a lot of tourists here that are coming over from Western New York? No, no. When I was there for the the game in 2015, very knowledgeable crowd. There were lots of NFL fans. You know, pretty good showing from the Bills fans and Jaguars fans, but the casual fans who were, you know, Europeans just going to the game, they all knew what was going on. Football is a big deal over there. They they do enjoy, you know, our version of football. So I expect it to be a really good crowd. Um, no, they're into it. And, and London's great. I mean, it was probably the coolest city that I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of places, but London was really, really a cool city. It was just so, so diverse and just interesting the history i'm looking i'm bringing my wife this time which i couldn't do last time so we're gonna go and we don't have much time but we're gonna you know tour the city and it's it's a great place so anybody who's going over there you're you're gonna have great memories uh of that game of 
being there and then coming home. Really cool place. Sal, always appreciate when you can join us here in the sports bar and, and talk about the Buffalo Bills with us. I want to make sure you have plenty of time to talk about everything you're working on here during London week uh, at the DNC and, and, and everything else that you're working on as well. Yeah, just the usual Bills coverage. It doesn't stop. <laughs> it's a little more challenging this week with the travel, uh, getting all the stories written in time. But uh, yeah, just Democrat and Chronicle.com and all my stuff is there. Yankee season mercifully over, but the, uh, the newsletter will, the newsletter will carry on still in the off season. Um, pinstripe people is, is that people can subscribe to that for free if they want. Just, uh, reach me on Twitter. But yeah, glad that that's actually over with because that was getting tiring by the end of the year. Yeah, well, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you for your take. By the way, congratulations on finishing with a winning record. I mean, it's pretty hollow, yeah. but yeah, proud moment for the Yankees there. <laughs> they're they're really going to bring everybody back, Sal? Are they not? I mean, like, wh- where do they go from here? I don't know. It, it looked. I kind of had my doubts about Boone um, getting fired, but really the last month, just that the wind seems to be favoring bringing him back which i'm not a, i'm not agreeing with i think he's i think he's a lousy manager but it looks like they're going to run it back but they do need to make a lot of changes with this roster it's not going to happen in one year i mean because hell is not going to spend he's already spending a lot of money on an overpaid bloated aging roster there's not too much more they can do um you know roster wise so they need some of these kids who i wasn't really all that impressed with you know the bulk of them really uh, some of them got some of them have to step up and and be real contributors because they're not going to be able to turn this thing around overnight in this off season. All right, so like there, think of everybody the all Yankee fans, Met fans, Red Sox fans are all those kind of like bystanders here this postseason. What would be the World Series matchup you would want to see here, Sal? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely want to see the Braves, and I'm kind of tired of the Dodgers. Um, the Braves are just a fun, exciting, mega talented team. So I'd love to see them in there. And on the AL side, you know, if I had to pick a team that I want to watch, Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're an AL East rival, but I don't have the same hatred for them that I do the Rays, the Jays, and the Red Sox. I don't know why. Probably because they've they've been so bad for so long. But that's that's another fun, young, exciting team. And I think that'd be a fun World Series if those two teams were to get in. I'm, I, I, if if it's not Baltimore, I'd like to see Texas make it, but I'm not sure Texas Texas has the pitching to do it. So I think Baltimore and Atlanta would be a cool series. It'd be a lot of fun, Sal. We're looking forward to it. Looking forward to your coverage this week. Hope you have safe travels, and thanks again for making the time for us, bud. All right, guys. Have a good day. There thanks, he is, Sal, Sal Mayorana, Democrat and Chronicle giving us his thoughts on not just the Major League Baseball postseason, but, of course, the Buffalo Bills. I think he's right on, though. Like, if everybody is expecting Brandon Bean, go make a deal. Go get a Patrick Peterson. It surprise or me, man. It would really no, surprise me. No, 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 because you, you, you have two guys that, okay, let's let's see it from Elam and, and, and Ingram. I think what we've seen in Ingram, it's not somebody you want to start, but just a little spot duty here and there. Now, of course, another injury or two, and then the, the conversation changes. But as far as starters, Benford has been a pleasant surprise, has he not? And the reason why Kyrie Elam is on the bench is because, well, the guy drafted in the same draft class is actually better. That's point number one. Point number two, and I know a lot of Bills fans will disagree with me on this point, I do like Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson's going to give up some pass plays. Most corners do give up pass plays. Dane Jackson could do something that I want my corners to do. That's tackle, okay? Run support, that sort of stuff. He'll get beat, but not for lack of effort or physicality. I like Dane Jackson.
happy hour is uh, right around the corner here in the sports bar. It's a victory Monday. You can share your reaction from yesterday's win over Miami at 866-4326-585-866-4FAN. You can reach out to us on X, that's Elon's Twitter, at the fan Rochester. Oh, this is a tweet that we might have to react to in happy hours as one of our regulars, Chris, in, in Kentucky. When you guys finally get to 1,000 combined subscribers on YouTube and Twitch and sing Into the Night, would Mike Danger sing it as Saul Rosenberg and Gene Battaglia sing it as Bill Belichick? That is somebody that's in the upper echelon of listeners. He knows not just the characters on this show. He knows the voices that we do on this show. She's just 16 years old. Oh, if I could fly, I wouldn't because I could fall and I could hurt my ace pipe. Leave her alone. Maybe, maybe, Chris. Maybe, maybe that's what you'll get. If I could fly, I'd pick you up. No, I wouldn't pick you up because I can't, because I don't have any shoes on because they fell off when I was, when I fell down the stairs trying to fly to pick her up. I'd show you a love. Like you've ever seen. Never seen. <laughs> Let's get to happy hour. What are we doing? Thanks for tweeting us. We have re- reputable guys like Sal Mayer on and join us, and then we wrap up with that. That's, I don't know if that's the beauty or the curse of the sports bar, but thank you for uh, bringing that up, Chris. We'll work on that. By the way, uh, we appreciate you helping us build our community on YouTube and Twitch. At the Fan Rochester, subscribe and follow, and maybe Gene and I will get into Belichick and Saul mode uh, just, just in time to sing into the night at a Friday Football Talk Live. Uh, happy hour next. Your calls 866-4326-866-4FAN. We've got a lot to recap from yesterday's win in Orchard Park here in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's me, Mike Danger, for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, if you're a new customer, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. There's no better no better time to get in on the action. FanDuel.com slash Mike is the site to sign up fanduel.com slash m-i-k-e as we kick off the nfl season the app is easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more again fanduel.com slash mike to put some wind in the sails fanduel official partner of the nfl 21 plus and physically present in new york first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com for help with a gambling problem call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369 odyssey has sports for every fan keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts a-u-d-a-c-y on You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.